Before I jump in, I wanted to give a shout out to two fellow podcasts. One's called Creeds and Deeds, and the other one's called Let God Die. I'll link both in the description, but both of these gave me an opportunity to be a guest on their show, and I really enjoyed the conversations that I had there, and I think you'll enjoy them too. So give them a listen, subscribe to them, leave a comment, show them some love, uh, because they too are trying to celebrate and share the stories of what God is doing around us here today. One of the core beliefs of this podcast is that God still speaks and still works today, and that we have an opportunity to look for that in our lives. But one of the traps that we can fall into is only looking at how that impacts our life, how God is working specifically in us, rather than realizing that so often when God is orchestrating a story in our lives, that story is connected with so many others around us. You know, when Jesus was asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? This is how Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So put another way, what Jesus says is that of all the scripture, of all the commandments, of all the things that God has put out there, everything hangs on and can be summed up in these two things, love God and love others. And this truth doesn't just impact how we function, it impacts the very way that life functions itself. Our stories fit in this framework as well. And so when we experience something, it's important for us to step back and say, how can other stories be playing into, weaving through what I'm experiencing of God now? And this is particularly important for close relationships, especially if you're married. Your story isn't just about you. Those closest to you are impacted as well. If you've been listening for a while, you've probably listened to the unemployment episode. Uh, if you haven't, I encourage you to give it a listen because it sets the foundation for the story you're going to hear today. But the short version is this. Uh, I lost my job. God called me to a place of trusting him in a season of unemployment. And through that, he taught me more about who he is, who he's created me to be, and how he's called me to function. And more importantly, how he's called me to step towards those things, even if it's countercultural, even if it's going to meet resistance, even if it seems incredibly risky. An example of that is God's called me to step full in into working for him, to serving him in my community without pay. I am 100% dependent on God to provide my provision. Uh, so far, he's done that through friends and family uh, who are graciously walking alongside us in this. And he's also done it in other ways of bringing down expenses, of covering expenses, of making money come out of nowhere at moments. And so this is the story that God gave me. But as he was working that story out in me, he was working out a story in my wife as well. And so today we sit with my wife, Becca, whom I love, who is amazing, and who uh, on August 1st will be celebrating 10 years. And God is ringing in our 10th year of marriage in a pretty uh, incredible and frightening way. Because as you'll hear in this story, God called my wife into a countercultural, risky, crazy step as well. At the end of this month, she'll be finishing out her job and stepping into at least a year of receiving no pay as well. And let that sink in. We're a couple with, if you've been listening to episodes, you know we have kids, you know we have a home, 
Uh, you know we have other expenses because we're human. And God has called us into a space of operating without any clear, stable income. Calling us to operate in a space of 100% trusting in Him. And what you're going to hear is how her story not only happened alongside mine, but the moments in which my focus on my story caused me to be unable to see God's story unfolding within her and made me incapable of recognizing at times how important it was for us to bring our stories together. Now, this is especially true for those who are married. You need to realize that when you get married, you are no longer two separate people with two separate stories. You become one, and your two stories merge into one new, beautiful, amazing, frightening, incredible story. So today's episode is a challenge for us to recognize that our stories aren't just our own, but that God is connecting us with others and that we need to be cognizant of the stories that God's creating around us. You are listening to episode 25 of the Where Did You See God podcast. All right, I am sitting on the porch with my wife. Hi. It feels slightly awkward because we don't <laughs> normally sit with microphones attached to us. God's been at work in our family in ways that we know and ways that we don't. And so we wanted to make a space just to process it. Uh, so we don't know what's gonna happen. We also don't know uh, how long we'll be outside because kids are shooting off fireworks and people are stopping in the middle of the road and yelling. Um, but I'm gonna pray and we're gonna see where it's gonna go. <laughs> And so here we go. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. Um, and we just thank you that you have been at work, um, again, in, in ways that we know, in, in so many ways that we don't. And we just really believe that there is a story here that you want to tell um, through Becca. And so right now, we just want to invite the Holy Spirit in. And we know um, there are a lot of things that we could say or think we need to say, but I pray that you would just free both of us from our own words. I just pray the Holy Spirit would speak through us. Um, Guide our words, guide the questions, guide our thoughts. We just want this time to be one that glorifies you. So the Holy Spirit's welcome here. And we look forward to seeing how you work. Let's pray in his holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. So you've never been on the podcast before. No. So people don't know you other than the sweet things I say about you in the many <laughs> episodes. So what, what's the like one minute elevator pitch of who you are? Oh, goodness. (laughs) Well, I um, am first and foremost a follower of Jesus, I guess. Mm -hmm. I should probably start with that. (laughs) And um, we have three kids, and I certainly consider being their mom, I think, one of my most favorite things. I, uh, for the last two and a half years, have been directing a um, Christian school with a mission of um, bringing the kingdom of God through um, just a diverse student and family population and it is a block away from my house and our kids have gone there and I am also a dancer I feel like that's important Mm -hmm. and yeah we'll stop there it was around this time that for some reason the recording froze and we lost uh, a good chunk of the audio Uh, But Becca began to share 
little under a year ago, the start of her story. And after I lost my job, that was pretty hard for her, uh, for all the reasons you can imagine, but especially because we worked with the same organization. And so she began asking some of the hard questions of if she should continue there, and if she didn't, what that would mean, what that would look like. But more importantly, she began exploring what it was uh, that she felt in her heart, what it was that she felt was hard or limiting, what it was that she felt that she desired. Uh, And that included uh, how she could serve her family, how she could serve her community. You know, I had, with this, this, our third son is five, almost five months, but already um, was just considering ways in in which I could kind of spend more time um, with him and them. But I think also this other element of being freed up to kind of just um, do some organic things within the community. I feel like a good example of that is um, within my job, um, because I do serve families in the community, needs arise. And I'm not always able to um, devote my time and energy to those needs. So um, there's a family that has... um, just had a lot of um, health issues with different members of their family and because of that um, one of the family members is out of work and um, they just need more things than they normally do and then also they found out that they're going to have to relocate to a different unit in the housing projects and if my time was more um, I would say freed up although staying home with kids is still a lot of work (laughs) but I think if I was um not not having like formalized job responsibilities in addition to the stuff that I do at home, I would be able to kind of devote more energy to that um, kind of situation. And also just that I would really be able to focus on um, just making our home a place of hospitality. I think because of the type of work that I do, I, when I come home, I'm kind of just with our family or I don't have time to clean up the house. And so I'm ashamed to like let people in. I, th- I think realizing like the, the amount of demands or the amount of responsibilities that are on, that, that feel like they're on me in terms of home life and raising children and being a community member and job responsibilities that I just wanted an opportunity at least for a year for it to be simplified. Mm-hmm. But essentially, like, um, it was <laughs> did not go over great um, when I suggested that to you, which <laughs> is understandable because um, you, I currently was the only one making money and you were already just concerned about finding a job, let alone a job that would be enough to cover both of our incomes. And so kind of fast forward um, to after our son was born, I guess I was. It was about five weeks after he was born, and you had already decided that you would kind of join the YWAM movement here in Richmond, and we were having the director of the base over at our house, and I was kind of discerning what my next steps would be in terms of employment for next year, but certainly it didn't occur to me that I would stop making, or that I that I would not be working to make money, and um, Chris, the director was talking about the DTS, the Discipleship Training School, and I knew that was something you were going to have to do in the fall and that you could do it here, but he said that 
ideally it would be something that I would do within the next two years so that I could really understand the culture of YWAM better and that even more ideally we could do it together mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember holding back tears because I was just like but I can't do this discipleship training school when I'm working full-time or part-time or at all like I would have to like quit my job and he was certainly like super supportive of me continuing to work I want to make that clear but I th- I feel like it was just like another wrench thrown in the plan but I also remember during that meeting mentioning to him that when I really thought about my dream and what I want to do with my time my dream is to, to stay home with with the kids and to do the types of things for the the community that arise that I kind of explained earlier and he came to you afterwards and he said you know one thing that I really picked up on was Becca's heart to stay at home and I think by that point God had brought you to a point where you could you could see that we wouldn't have to find the answers financially in order for that to happen you had seen God do enough things that seemed impossible in those last six months that you were like okay well like before I thought that she shouldn't stay home because I didn't see how it could work out financially. And now I'm seeing that like God could provide if that's what he's calling her to do. And now I'm forgetting the original question. <laughs> I <laughs> well, gave a really long well, and it's a It was pretty open-ended too, but just to c- recap. Yeah. So I lost my job and then you were finding yourself in a place of processing what your future would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Partly because that's just a natural thing as our life was about to change with a new kid. But also, you know, we we worked at the same place and and working in a place where your husband had lost his job is is challenging. And there are a number of things that happened that you felt like God was giving you this call to spend some time staying at home with the kids and serving the community. And, And I remember, I guess it was a number of months ago now, we were out at dinner and I was just reflecting on that conversation that had happened in September and I remember realizing that I needed to apologize to you because when you said, hey, I feel like God's calling me to to stay home, yeah, that was hard for me to receive because I felt like the pressure was being put on me to now it's, now I don't have a job now, I just lost my job. How is she now putting the pressure on me to be the one who's responsible to find a job that sustains our whole family when I don't even know if I'm going to find a job? and. And I remember being convicted in the realization that I was thinking very logically and not trusting your capacity to hear God's voice. And if God was telling you, hey, Becca, I want you to stay home. And if I felt like God was calling me to not rush into finding a job and not to be pressured or led by finances to find a job, that that God could work out those two calls, even mm-hmm. though we didn't see a way. And so, you know, we fast forwarded to that conversation. And it was funny, like, that was a really hard conversation for you. I was actually feeling like it was a really exciting conversation. I was like, oh man, this, everything Chris is saying, it, it, these are things that I just imagined Becca's loving to hear because it's, you know, could be an opportunity for her to stay home. It could be opportunity for her to travel and uh, serve around the world. And, and so it's been interesting to see that as we've been navigating this space, there's been so many moments that could have and and at times did um, create disunity and yet God was patient with us in that when one of us was hearing from God and the other wasn't like he was patient to guide us back to that until we get to this place where you left off of we're starting to realize how God's calling us individually we're starting to realize that those calls need to be 
call to us as a couple as one. And so where you left off is this hard conversation, but also beginning to realize that God had been sustaining us. And so let me just like clarify something. I think like when it came to like the desire to stay home, I, I wouldn't, I, th- I think it like Pastor Don and what he would say here. I wouldn't <laughs> say so much at that moment that I was like, God is telling me to do this. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would say it was the desire of my heart. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm just learning about the nature of God is one, like he desires that the desires of our heart would match his. Mm-hmm. And so that's often something I pray is like, if this is your will, make my heart match your desire. But I also like get, I mean, sometimes like if we have a desire in our heart, it actually is because he's given it to us. And um, I mean, the same thing happened with the house. And usually when that happens, like where I, I was like, well, I kind of want this house, even though mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't that you wanted yet. Sometimes I feel like I'm I'm wrong in that, or like, oh, this is just what I want. Mm-hmm. But I kind of release it, and after in time, often tells if like, hey, if this is something God is in. So just wanted to like clarify yeah. that. Um, and um, yeah, so I was I was pursuing this other this other option that I knew if I took it, I was going to be committed there for the foreseeable future. And I was excited about the opportunities that it would present for me um, professionally and for um, also our, our, our kids because um, it, it was at a school so that they could go to that school. And, um, but ultimately, it was like, am I ready? Like, this is a really great opportunity, and, and I, I didn't want to let it slip by. But I was like, am I ready to like really um, – like say, hey, this is the next path I'm going to take for the foreseeable future because I knew it was really important to them too for longevity. And, and you were really transparent and open with them. Through I the was, process. I was, yes. But you know, we because it was a teaching job, and if you've taught, you understand that that's a lot of hours. And we, you know, we realized it with the commute. I would be gone from like seven to five almost every day. With with the time I would also spend after school planning, and I was took a lot of time to discern, took a retreat to like pray about it and mm-hmm. and knew and knew that also at that point doing the DTS with you was was also an option. But the the morning that I had to make the decision, you said, I feel like making this decision is actually right now for us right now is a move that kind of would be difficult, particularly on our marriage would, Mm -hmm. would be a move toward not as much unity, not just because we're not spending time together. Cause that's not to say that we can't be unified and, and me work Mm -hmm. for, for those long hours, but particularly in this season that we're in where, you know, we've served in this community, lived in this community for 10 years and we're not feeling so much a, a, call, a push to go, 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 keep going. We're feeling a push to like pull back and to, to because we want to keep, we, we do want to eventually keep going, but it's taken a toll on us as individuals. You know, I mean, this last year alone has been really hard with um, the stuff that happened with your unemployment, with your hospital stay, um, but just in general, living in a community like this, doing the work that we're doing is um, not easy. And yeah, it's just, it started to take a toll on, um, also on our marriage. And that, I think it meant a lot to me to hear you say, cause it's not, that's not of your character, like step up and you're usually <laughs> very supportive of things that I want to do. And generally when I'm like, what should I do? You're like, 
you know, you help me work it out, but you're never like, well, I, I think, you know, um, and so that you would say, Hey, I, you know, I think for this season, we, we actually need to be taking steps to, to focus more on our marriage. And I think that that would, that would be difficult mm-hmm. with this job. And so, um, but, but I think that process like helped me realize what it is that, that I wanted from the next year and barring the financial issue, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to be able to take a year where, you know, this, this, for those who aren't familiar, DTS is, it's a, it's got two parts. It's Discipleship got, training school. Yeah. And it's, um, YWAM does it in like all different locations all throughout the world. And like, generally it's something people do when they're like young adults. They like, sometimes we'll take a gap year and do it or do it straight out of college. So it's, it's three months of a lecture phase. So every week is a different topic. So, um, you know, like hearing the voice of God is the first one. So essentially you're taking 12 weeks. Um, it's like full-time school and you're really diving deep into who God is and, um, and who you are as his child. And at the same time, you're also being equipped for the next phase, which is an outreach phase. And the outreach is pretty much always international, Mm -hmm. um, generally in, um, you know, developing countries or areas, um, where the gospel is not, um, as accessible. So this, uh, particularly like the lecture phase of the DTS was something that was exciting, um, to us to, to, you know, because the, the work we've been doing, you know, we've been pouring out a lot to people and to feel like we could be poured into and cared for. Um, and, and at that time I had also kind of started to dream about, Mm -hmm. um, doing the DTS in Kona, Hawaii, Mm -hmm. because Kona, Hawaii, um, is the headquarters for YWAM, but they also, because they're so huge, they have DTSs for all different types of people, not just young adults, but they have a family one. And, our kids could do a mini DTS at the same time that we're doing it. And so I had, you know, kind of gotten like excited about this, this Mm -hmm. idea of that and really had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, I think this is what Mm -hmm. I want to do. Um, and then got cold feet a little bit when it was time for me to like quit my job. Um, I was also on maternity leave during all this time. And so, um, it was helpful for me to go back for a couple you weeks. You just had a baby I just had, <laughs> as right. all this is happening. Right. Which Raising is probably why infant. I cheered up at that meeting because I was like five w- weeks postpartum. But waking up every few hours. Yeah. While we, wrestling. I thought that was the best time to make a big life decision. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I think like eventually, um, you know, I, I did want to go back to work because there, there were also some things about, I do really like my job. Mm-hmm. There are some some big challenges, and um, but I love the work that we do there, and I, I really believe in the mission, and and it was going to be sad to leave that, and still is. And but uh, but after being back for a couple weeks, I realized because even though I really liked the job, I I actually liked the idea of taking a year to do this DTS to spend time with our family. I liked that better. Mm-hmm. I valued that more. Uh, because ultimately, like, I'm, I'm, you and I are like the main ones responsible for our family and our mm-hmm. kids, and that that is more important than mm-hmm. a job. And um, <laughs> so, but I realized that the only thing, um, the only reason why I did I wouldn't do that is because of finances. And I did feel like that shouldn't be the reason. That shouldn't mm-hmm. be the reason why I make that decision. And so, um, so. We decided to, I decided to 
join you. We will do the DTS together. So right now we're currently, um, we would really like to do the lecture phase in Kona, Hawaii, mm -hmm. but we are waiting to see, we've talked to them a little bit about this, but if they'll approve us coming back here for an outreach, because we don't really quite feel at peace about doing an international outreach mm -hmm. right now for different reasons. But also like we see a lot of good benefits about doing outreach here mm -hmm. in the neighborhood where we want to continue serving yeah. and that we can actually dive deeper into outreach in ways that we couldn't before, mm -hmm. um, similarly to what I was talking about earlier. Um, but if, if we don't end up going to Kona, um, and that, that's kind of one of those, like, those are the, that's the desire of my heart type mm -hmm. thing, right? Like, um, you know, it's not necessarily that God is like, I want you guys to go to Kona. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, it's a, it's really a desire of our heart yeah. and I, I don't see the doors have closed yet. Yeah. And so, and we brought it to him. And so, um, but if, yeah, if we don't do that, we'll just do, we'll do lecture here and we'll do yeah. outreach here. And then I'll be discerning like what's next for yeah. me vocationally. And I'm, yeah, I'm hoping the DTS time will also kind of help yeah. to flesh that out. And it's pretty wide open too. I mean, yeah. you could jump back into a similar job, but even today you were processing just some ways that you felt like God has sparked passions and desires mm -hmm. and how there could be opportunities within that. Mm -hmm. So three things, one clarification, and then two things that just really stand out in my mind right now. So the clarification piece is when you say that you've jumped in with me, you know, what, what that actually means, just in case anybody missed it, is you at, at one point had three really great options on the table, two of which paid money, mm -hmm. one of which does not. Mm -hmm. but, the, but the latter uh, is one where it, it aligns with just some desires of your heart of kind of drawing closer to God, drawing closer to each other in our marriage and drawing closer to our family. Yeah. Uh, and you, you believe that that is more important than a job and that God can provide. And so we have both jumped into the space of walking towards where we think God is, but doing so having to trust him 100% for our provision and stepping into some pretty significant unknowns. Even in what you described our current plan is there a, a billion unknowns in that. The, the second thing that I wanted to name uh, that I really appreciate that you said was you were clarifying the idea of whether or not God had called you to stay at home and focus a family back in September. And I can't remember how you worded it, but essentially you were saying it wasn't like you had a voice from heaven, but it was this, this sense in your heart. It was almost like it was a thread and that you, you pulled it to see where it go, but there's been plenty of moments where you even questioned it. You questioned, am I being selfish? Am I, did I make this up? And I just wanted to name that because I think a trap that we fall into a lot and a trap that I fall into a lot is we feel like the only way that we can definitively hear from God is if it's very clear and we know exactly what God's saying. But I'm starting to realize and hearing your story and hearing other stories and thinking of my own story, the moments where it's like this subtle sense that God's saying something and we just step towards it um, and then keep stepping towards it even when all the questions and the doubts come up. So I just wanted to uh, say I appreciated you sharing that and also just celebrate your step into that because that a big part of where we are today is because you stepped in boldness and even naming that. Mm -hmm. And even when I didn't receive it well, like 
<laughs> you continue to walk into that space and I'm just thankful for Kristen Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the voice of God through Kristen Jack. And and the beautiful thing in that is like again the moments where we tripped at the most were the ones where we couldn't see how that could even happen, if that should even happen. And yet God and his wisdom knew a way that we couldn't have imagined. And the third thing is, for me, one of the most important moments was that morning where you decided not to pursue that option. And and the re- there's a lot of reasons for it, but you had talked about how just things in our marriage had been hard. And I, and I think that's important just to name because you know, good Christian couples don't like to be open and vulnerable about that. This has been a hard year for us in a lot of ways. And there have been plenty of moments where we weren't on the same page, plenty of moments where we were, um, we were fighting against each other. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and, and yet, um, even when we weren't fighting for unity, God was, and it's beautiful to see the ways that God can orchestrate bringing us back into oneness and unity. And in a way that, was more than we could have imagined because yeah I tried to um, be supportive in that decision it was something that you know Becca had been Becca it's an amazing uh, place and Becca years ago had thought about working there and um, it was a great job I mean everything was lining up and even that night we went out to dinner and I basically said hey I'm going to support you in whatever you decide and then later that night, Becca was going through the schedule and, and something just hit me. I suddenly realized, like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my wife and not because of anything she would do. But like she shared the schedule and just some elements and just thinking through it. But more, it was just this sense that it wasn't that this place was bad or that the job was bad. But for where we are, were in our yeah. relationship, where we were in our life, I just I just it was just so clear to me that it, it just wasn't going to be good for our family. But then I was like what do I do with that? Because it's already late at night, so I can't just spring this on her now. I also feel selfish putting this out there because what if it is just me? This is something that she's, you know, wanted to do. And I remember that morning, I, I was still feeling this deep heaviness and I didn't know what to do with it. And I was praying and I was praying. And then there's this moment where we passed in the hallway and she was going into the nursery and I felt like I needed to follow her. And I felt like God was nudging me to say something and I didn't even know what I was going to say. And so I just started talking. I don't even remember all of what I said, but one of the m- most encouraging moments for me in the past nine months was when Becca looked at me and she's like, I really appreciate you saying that because that helps me to decide um, some things that I felt like God was, was saying. Or I don't remember how you worded it, but it was yeah. this beautiful moment of like of connection that neither of us had orchestrated, that God orchestrated, but it also... It happened because both of us were seeking to be who God wanted us to be, go where God wanted us to go, even when we didn't have no idea what that would look like. And so, you know, in all of this, that I think that's important because, yeah, marriage is hard. Doing marriage while you're also trying to live missionally, <laughs> when you're trying to raise a family, when you're trying to figure yourself out, it's even harder. Um, and yet God calls husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church and, and wives vice versa. And so I just wanted to share, I'm, I'm grateful for how you processed through all that and how you walked in obedience and all that. And so here we are now, and, and we mm-hmm. still have no idea exactly what's ahead. But what we do know is we know that God is real and that he can work. We are choosing to believe that God is 
going to be provider in the financial. And even though, you know, nine months ago, the only way that we could do the things we felt like we needed to do and also sustain our family is somebody needed to have a well-paying job. Mm-hmm. And we each thought it was <laughs> the other one <laughs> or both of us. And then God's like, how about neither of you take in an income for a year yeah. and watch what I can do? It is biblical, like this model of like work and rest. That's not to say like everybody is called to like <laughs> after doing this kind of work for 10 years to like, you know, go without um, pay. But I do think that we've been given this opportunity mm-hmm. to do so. Um but it is very countercultural to just our American culture, mm-hmm. um, and it, and it, I mean, you mentioned like feeling selfish. Like there are certainly it, it is it's a battle um, not to feel like selfish of like well why should you be <laughs> get the like leisure of mm-hmm. like taking time with your family and time to spirit like we all want that to spiritually refresh and and that is my prayer for everyone um Mm -hmm. i think one i mean it's i keep telling myself like it's it's actually so we can go back into the work like we we um we rest so that we can do the work which is also biblical and when you say rest you're you're yeah. talking more in terms <laughs> of like restoration right, right? Like, like not resting, a vacation right. but like exactly. there's a rejuvenation that, that yeah. needs to happen We're, we've been in a really hard place for years yeah um and there's a number of things that we feel like god's saying that he wants to do so that yeah. like you said we're ready to jump like, full on into the next we're gonna be busy i mean right. anyone who stayed home with kids knows that it's just as much work, if not more, mm. than like a paying job. And the DTS is like full on, right? Going back to school. school. Like I'm really excited for the types of rhythms that it's going to force our family into. So like we're not gonna we're gonna be living very simply, like in a two bedroom um, dorm. Um, you know, mm. we're not gonna, but we'll probably be eating a lot of our meals yeah. outside, or meals will be provided. I won't have to cook. Um, it will probably force us into community with and even like if you other couples. Wanted to cook, I don't think we have an oven. We just no. Have a <laughs> I, I don't even think we. Well, we do have a fridge. I think um, yeah. we don't have we don't have a TV. You know, what I mean, like yeah. things. Um, and then yeah, like our kids are going to be learning the same thing we're learning. Like they're going to actually be. It's not just going to be us doing this missional thing, and then mm-hmm. we're like involving them in it. But they're like really going to know why we're doing this and. I'm really excited for them mm-hmm. and that, and just like being being in a different community. I mean, I, all that is to say, like, um, it's it's restoration. Yeah. When you think back nine months ago, and you think of now, um, how is your understanding of God different? How is God different to you? Hmm. It's a good question. Only the best for you. I do think that we have gotten to see God as a provider I will say like um this is also really hard for me to make this choice because I feel a burden to be responsible for providing for a family and like I mean that's real right like Mm -hmm. you know that is part of life and I think that like what I'm realizing is like God actually has some amazing things in store and I don't have to do anything to earn it but like I just I have to like just release a, a little bit and have faith, you know, the size of a mustard seed, though sometimes it feels a lot more than that. Um, <laughs> and that like, 
he just has all these things that he's like, look, I'm, I'm going to do all this for you. Like you think that you have to do all of it on your own, but I have, I have all these amazing riches, not like necessarily financial riches, mm-hmm. like, you know, that I have for you. And like, I, I will carry your burdens. You do not have to be responsible for all of it. I'm seeing mm-hmm. him more in that way. But I, I mean, to be honest, like I am in a space right now where I'm like, how on earth are we going to, sorry, there's fireworks going off. (laughs) It's like three days before the 4th of July. Um, Like how on earth are, are we going to be able to like get the funds needed to like Mm -hmm. pay our just normal bills this year? And, and I, like, also, it's just, I've also learned what it means in scripture about, like, going to him with, like, the ask. Like, there are certain, I get a feeling, like, that God's like, just ask me for it. You know, there was, like, a time where, you know, we've been a one-car family for two years since I totaled your car. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, God, this is getting to be unmanageable. Like, I don't think we can do this anymore. And there's no way we can buy another car. Um. I need you to give us a vehicle. Like, I, I really, really need this. And, like, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm just going to keep praying for it because I think we need this. And within 24 hours, um, two different people, like, offered their vehicle to you to borrow. Mm-hmm. And then the vehicle that you – well, we did have a second vehicle that's insanely unreliable um, that was that was given to us a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um it, you know, your brother helped you fix it a little bit so that mm-hmm. it could, you could drive it more. But I think just like, I sense when God's like, just ask me, like, mm-hmm. I, I want to answer these prayers. And I, I am excited for the, the things that I'll get to see when you're not in a space where you're kind of relying on yourself to provide, um, you kind of get to see and experience a little bit more of the types of things that you see in the Bible. That's not to say that you can Please don't, I mean, that's not to say that you can't like, you know, make money and experience yeah. God, but I, I'm excited for what, what kinds of things it will almost force me into. Sometimes I won't be excited about it because mm-hmm. it's also refining too. Yeah. And yeah. So. Well, and that, and this is, yeah, I mean, to your point, this is, this was a call for us. Right. Exactly. Um, and there will be calls to other people to stay in their jobs. I mean, that was right, a call for right. me in, in seasons of my life. Right when people were telling me to leave a certain space and I felt like God was saying to stay. And so, yeah, the, the, the main thing here is to seek God and what he might be saying and to go towards what you feel like God's saying. Yeah. So I think it's um, a little too convenient that you mentioned the cars because there is something I was thinking about today that I felt like I needed to share and I wasn't exactly sure in what context and I think it's here. Um, so, so you had mentioned that um, someone had given me a car a couple of years ago that was unreliable. Mm-hmm. Um, I was driving that car today. So our, our, our friend um, Dave gave us uh, his, they had a backup car and the caveat was he's like, uh, you could use it. It's manual transmission, which I have only had a few experiences, which are stories in and of themselves. Uh, and he's like, and it may not make it through the winter. Uh, so that was a couple of years ago. It, it's technically made it through the winter. Didn't always start. Um, there were, yeah. It's hibernated. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> plenty of moments where it hibernated. The battery died. Like, there was just, for, for the first year or so, there were so many issues. So the combination of the issues, uh, the combination of that with the limited funds that we had, and then the fact that I was not 
really comfortable with manual transmission and I was, I was having to relearn it and trying to avoid hills. It made this, it made it not, I didn't enjoy driving the car. And there were times where I would avoid driving it unless I needed to because I just dreaded stalling out in a traffic circle again <laughs> or this, that, and the other. Like so many things happened that made me not want to drive the car. Today I was driving it. I've got my bass tube in it. I like, I like to get some good loud bass when I'm driving. I just remember this moment driving home where I'm now at a place where I'm comfortable enough driving. I'm almost, I'm enjoying manual transmission at times. I've got the music going and nice songs on and it just, it felt like a blessing. And it struck me that this wasn't the vehicle I would have chosen. <laughs> like if I had prayed for God to give me a vehicle, it would have been an automatic. Or it would have had something where I could easily play music. It, it would have been a different car. And yet I was feeling blessed. I was enjoying the drive. And I thought back to all the times that I didn't want to drive it, that I refused to believe that it was a blessing, that I might have been upset at times that God had provided through our friend this gift, this free gift. And it took me a long time to realize what a blessing it actually was. And I feel like that's the case sometimes in our lives is that, you know, back in September, you had this sense of um, something God was calling you to. I had a sense of something God was calling me to. And God's been working over the last nine months, but there's been so many moments where it hasn't felt like a blessing and it hasn't felt like God was working. It's actually felt like it was yeah. an inconvenience or it was hard or it was frustrating or it was more work. And yet here we are now still not knowing exactly what's going to go on in the next six months to a year, but we can see the ways that God has provided and blessed. And there have been some sweet moments where we're just very much aware that God has gotten God is good. And so, yeah, I, I just feel like I'm excited too to see how God's going to do things that are abundantly more than we could ask or think. That you know, we both feel these senses of desires in our hearts. We both want those to be honed and God is in the process of honing those. And all we have to do is trust that he's doing that and keep on walking and stepping in and just see what he does. Last year has been an important season of our marriage where God has been pushing us to learn more and more who he is in our marriage, who he has called us to become one with, uh, and how he is wanting to be God over our lives rather than us orchestrate our lives ourselves. And it's been hard. Uh, and there's been moments where one or the other of us had a, a good lead in to what God might be saying or doing. And times where neither of us did, times where both of us did, but we didn't realize it because we could only see it through our specific lens or perspective. And so it's been challenging, but it's also really encouraging to see how God has been drawing us closer and closer as we draw near to a decade of marriage. You know, finances have always been one of the bigger areas in which the enemy can attack marriages or how we can attack each other. And stepping into a space where we are both foregoing a clear, stable income is incredibly frightening. And yet we are confident that God is at work, that God has called us to this space, and that God will provide. But every day we have to remember to choose God instead of our own understanding. God in his goodness, uh, it, you know, God is God. And so if God tells us to do something, 
the God is God pieces, we should be obedient to that, whether it works out well for us or not. But the God is good piece is that God loves us so much that he does so many good things for us. And one of those is sending us little reminders and encouragements throughout the day. The past two days, my wife and I have been diving into some heftier financial decisions because our, our money's running out and in a month, her last paycheck will arrive. And there are a lot of ways to navigate those conversations, many of those logistical, um, practical, and and yet there is this clear sense that, that God pushed on me that if we only get caught in the logistical and the practical and don't acknowledge God's role, then it's on us to figure it out. But if this is more than a practical endeavor, if this is actually something that God is calling us to that is bigger than jobs and bigger than money, then not only would it be foolish to not include God in that, but the most important thing we can do is prioritize God. So it was hilarious to me after that conversation to open up the reading for today, July 5th, for My Utmost for His Highest. You can find that at utmost.org. And it says, don't plan without God. Y'all, the irony is hilarious. Uh, but Oswald Chambers quotes Psalm 37.5, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he goes on to say, don't plan without God. God seems to have a delightful way of upsetting the plans we have made when we have not taken him into account. We get ourselves into circumstances that were not chosen by God, and suddenly we realize that we have been making our plans without him, that we have not even considered him to be a vital, living factor in the planning of our lives. And yet, the only thing that will keep us from even the possibility of worrying is to bring God in as the greatest factor in all of our planning. In spiritual issues, it is customary for us to put God first, but we tend to think that it is inappropriate and unnecessary to put him first in the practical, everyday issues of our lives. If we have the idea that we have to put on our spiritual face before we can come near to God, then we will never come near to him. We must come as we are. And he goes on to share more, but it was, I can't tell you how encouraging it was for me to see God directly speak to what my wife and I were wrestling through just the nights before. Y'all, God is real. God is working. And he is calling us into spaces that are hard, that don't make sense, that are countercultural. And it is so hard for us to step into those spaces because we want to be safe. We want to understand. We want to know. We don't want to look bad or crazy. We don't want to harm those around us. We don't want to put others at risk. You know, there's a million reasons why we shouldn't follow God. But there is one reason why we should. Because God is God. But you know what? God is also good. So as he calls us into these spaces, he is going to walk with us. He is going to carry us. He is going to provide for us. He is going to encourage us. He is going to show us the way. He is going to give us wisdom. He's not going to leave us alone. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to toss us into something and just laugh as he watches us writhe in pain or fear or confusion. No, because God is accomplishing something much bigger than our comfort, much bigger than our lifestyles, much bigger than our bank accounts, much bigger than our jobs, much bigger than our reputations. God is trying to do something that is bigger than the here and now, bigger than our lives. God is operating in the eternal realm. 
and he's inviting us to recognize that our lives here are a blip on the radar. That our lives here can be something more important, more impacting than just what we do from birth to death. God is trying to make us more and more in his likeness. God is trying to give us the opportunity to be ambassadors of Christ. God is trying to prepare us for eternity. And the only way that can happen is if we are willing to let go of the things that are keeping that from happening. It can only happen if we are willing to die to the life that isn't that life. And that is hard. Letting go and dying is so, so hard. But praise be to God who walks with us through that, who gives us the strength, who shows us the way, and who gives us a body of believers around us to walk that same walk, to struggle in the same struggles, and to stand together as the body of Christ. So look, whatever you're going through now, know that God is not only bigger than that, but he may be calling you to something bigger than what you think is actually happening. That that problem may not be the problem. The problem is, is that the God of the universe wants you with them, and this thing is distracting you from that. Take time to come to God and say, God, what am I unwilling to let go of? What am I unwilling to die to? Or put another way, God, what am I putting above you? What am I deciding is more important than following you? And if you invite the answer to that question, God will gladly answer it. And he will show up in your life in ways that you wouldn't have noticed before. So ask those questions. Position yourself to experience God in a new way. Prepare yourself to have your perspective utterly shifted. And then ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group, and you will love listening to the rest of the music, so check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?